Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza! You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode, shall we? This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site, It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, AndyJPizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. I know I get excited on this show about the guests that we have on here, but I can tell you right now from the bottom of my heart with most sincerity, I have never been so excited about an episode of this podcast in my life. Today on the show, we have illustrator and comedian and creative hero, Abby Jacobson, Abby Jacobson. Can you believe it? I cannot. Even while I was recording this, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was in the moment, like soaking it up and like being grateful and excited to sit across from this creative hero of mine. But as soon as she left, I just like melted into a puddle for the rest of the day. I was like almost catatonic um, in shock by uh, how awesome this conversation was. If you don't know, uh, Abby is the co-creator and co-star of the Comedy Central TV series Broad City. If you haven't seen Broad City, it's probably one of the most hilarious things ever made and definitely one of the funniest, if not the funniest thing that's been on TV in the past decade. Yes, it's raunchy and dare I say, edgy. <laughs> but And I actually think that it shocks some people And I get that, but I think most people are shocked by seeing women do this type of comedy. 
And in fact, I think that's kind of what makes it so groundbreaking. In Broad City, the women, Abby and Alana and, and all the other people shown, they're first and foremost people and humans above all else. And for that reason, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Uh, plus, it's just ridiculously funny. Me and my wife, Sophie, have just died laughing watching this show a billion times. I cannot tell you how lovely Abby truly is and was in this encounter. The conversation was an absolute gift and joy and the gracious sharing and reflection that she does in this chat just blew me away. Abby, again, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. You are freaking incredible and so inspiring. I can't even deal with it. I hope that we get to do round two of this chat one day. Before we get started though, one thing. There are some swears in this episode, so be warned if you've got kid ears um, about, hopefully attached to kid heads. <laughs> okay, uh, that was weird. Yeah, if there's kids listening, just be aware. Be aware. Um, and two, we got to record this episode live in LA in Stacy Michelson's studio that she shares with the design studio Raven and Crow. Huge, huge thanks to them. It was a magical location, flooded in natural light in LA, dripping with creativity. This chat would not have been the same in any other space. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how you can check out Stacy's and Raven and Crow's creative work or check out the show notes at creativepeptalk.com slash episodes. Also, Huge, 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 huge thanks to my buddy, Chris Graham of Chris Graham Mastering for coming to LA, helping me record this episode. He had, he, you know, shared, he took all the burden of the technical stuff of recording this thing so that I could be fully present in this chat. I couldn't have done that without you, man. Okay, that's enough preamble. Without further ado, gives me the greatest pleasure to share my conversation with the wonderful and extremely talented Abby Jacobson. To the best pens. I think the Pentel sign pen. Because I was had this big bag, but I think I have. Yes, that's it. The blue is fantastic too. Actually, if you do a blue and red, you get a really cool overlay. I'm into it. Do we need to adjust this? Um, yeah. I mean, just down. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, good to go. Do you want me to wear this? Yeah. Yeah. This is the modern. Those are brand new. Wow. Okay. Um. (laughs) They're pretty good. I kind of do a one ear thing because I get claustrophobic. It in is there. quite it's quite <laughs> it's intense. kind of consuming, yeah. In a good way, but he they're likes it. they really I'm not there yet. I'm gonna keep them both on and okay. see. Okay. Yeah. Get all in. Are oh, we rolling? We're rolling. I figured wow. as much. Um Whoa. First of all, thank you so much. Oh it my goodness. It means the world to me to my have you here. Pleasure. Are you kidding? This is cool. Um <laughs> first things first, I was gonna say I have a I have three kids. So you I have do? A, yeah. That's pretty much the response I get every time. That's uh, so, I mean, I'm just, it makes me, I feel like I might be like older than you and you have three kids. Not by a lot, I don't think. I'm but just, that, did you we, have kids young? Like when we were 20. How old are you? We had our first kid. 
33. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> when you were 20, you had a kid. Yeah, we had, yeah, wow, we had so you were like a teen. Yeah, here's the thing. I think I didn't get the like <laughs> millennial memo because I was living in England. My wife is British. I didn't know we were not having kids or waiting 20 years. So I was just kind of doing what my parents did and just I think that that's a, got started. It's probably cool right now, right? Where you're like, it, yes. Yeah. It is cool now. And we're in the Pax Romana of no toddlers, no teens. Where they're like, they're you, cool. They're, yeah, yeah. they're fun. Not that toddlers and teens aren't cool and fun. I agree with that. For yeah. those toddlers and teens listening, you guys are great. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of big toddler base to yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but I told them I've got an 11-year-old, uh, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. And I told them that I was going to go meet Nia. And they were super, they were freaking well, out. My son is movie, bonkers. I, yeah. I think the Nia in the TV show is a little bit more popular. Uh, well, I don't At know if that's true. They're big, they're big fans. How many people went to see the movie? <laughs> we did. We were there opening day. We, my son's like Ninjago crazy. It is. All my friends that have kids, especially little boys, are mm-hmm. obsessed with Ninjago. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. dope. I it's mean, pretty, I it's, mean, that was cool. a, the coolest I have like a Lego of me. I, it's I, I'm insane. like, oh, what the fuck? It's so good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I, yeah, I told him that. And my four-year-old said, what? We're meeting Nia? <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. You're not allowed to go. So they're it's super pumped about it. It's also very disappointing. What is? Like when, my, when I've been with my friends that have kids and they're like, she's Nia. They're like, don't get no, it. Doesn't not. make it. She's not. <laughs> I heard uh, Jermaine Clement talk about meeting people and being like, yeah, I'm like the crab on Moana. And they're like, no, no you're, you're not. not. <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And then the other way, the other awkward nerve way that I'm going to, uh, start this off is using your own words against you. <laughs> um, oh no, there's been so many the, words. Uh, you told this once to Kelly Ripa and I'm saying it to you from the bottom of my heart. So thank you. Thank you for your talent and your role modelness. I oh, in that. <laughs> uh, I thought that was the most appropriate way and to then start. I think that's where I like fade backwards. And thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I actually envisioned, because uh, I thought, I know you like slapstick. I envisioned pretending to pass out at that moment, like doing a back over the chair thing, but I didn't want to I think freak this is out. a bad space for that. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So... I want to get to things that you're like really pumped about now creatively, but part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because you embody, uh, your creative path embodies a bunch of the things that we talk about on the show all the time. Um, (laughs) no, I wanted to say real quick, I don't know, like I, I do listen to podcasts, but, um, I don't know like how this slipped past me, Oh, but when you asked me to do this, I, Got it. So it's so my thing. Yeah, I have told so many people about this <laughs> since this happened. It's so my, I'm very I'm much into out. like reading about process and like self help. Mm-hmm. I love that shit, but I think it's been more like not uh, like my the podcasts I listen to haven't been about like creative. Yeah, in particular, it's more like growth and like yeah. all that shit like oprah yes. shit you yeah. know <laughs> it is it is <laughs> like or oprah. like the daily i'm like i try to catch up on like like news stuff in mm-hmm. the podcast but this since i found out i'm like ashamed no. that i didn't know because <laughs> no, it's so be my 
It's so up my alley, and I can't believe yeah. I somehow didn't know about it. Well, that is the sweetest thing ever. Um, no, and I, I really, feel I really appreciate it. Like, I didn't know uh, how I didn't. But uh, yeah, um, I can't move on from that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, uh, you know, I hope you don't mind. We're going to go back and kind of go through stuff yeah. that you've probably talked about, but hopefully there's some nuance in it that I'd like to tease out for my audience that are creators. I would um, love it because I am in a spot right now where I like need your podcast. <laughs> so oh I'm like, gosh. let's get into it. Okay. Let's well, I'll do my best. We're going to go it. deep into the path. <laughs> um, so first of all, I thought we could start by going back. We do a lot of like, tactical stuff like ideas on how to get your work out there and one of my all-time favorite ideas that I ever heard was what you used to do with the MoMA gifts uh, <laughs> gift shop um, <laughs> I forgot and it's, it's so, so good. good now that I yeah because yeah. I have like a relationship with them but it's it was it was That's ridiculous. like full circle yeah with your podcast yeah um can you tell the listeners about what your your illustration hustle was back in the day? Yeah, so, I mean, just to even go back farther, I didn't even study illustration. I went to Micah, and I, I did, I was general fine arts. Okay. So I did mostly drawing and painting. I concentrated in video. So it was, like, really, like, all the things. But I, I kind of did larger drawings. And then when I moved to New York, I didn't have any space. I didn't have a studio. I lived in, like, a small apartment in Astoria, and... So I kind of only had my desk and I started illustration stuff, like little drawings. And I don't know why I decided to make like, to make cards. I think I was making these cityscape drawings. I would buy like big stacks of paper, like nice paper when they were like on sale and be like, well, if I bought these, this hundred pieces, I have to make a hundred drawings. Like I would do these little things. And then I would sell them. Tricking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then my brother and my my brother and my dad are both graphic designers. And so my brother helped me like format the cards. He like helped me do that. I which I still have so many of these (laughs) cards in my mom's basement, truly. Yeah. (laughs) And I really like them, but it 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 was just such like a bizarre thing that I was like attempting to do simultaneously as like the comedy stuff. And I would try and sell them to stores in the city. I kind of like carried a big bag. But um, one of the things I did was the MoMA design store. That's like, an you know, right next to the entrance to MoMA has all these cards. And I would, I okay, I did it with my greeting cards. And then I also did it with my senior year. You know how you have like a senior show? Mm-hmm. So I made a post, like you, you get postcards made for the senior show and it had a lot of those left over and, and I did these maps. That was like my big thing. Maps from memory and they were like these bigger drawings and I had all these left over and I put those and my greeting cards in the, the, the shelf of the MoMA design store <laughs> as if they were like on sale, yeah. hoping that someone would go up to the cash register to buy them and they'd be like... <laughs> these aren't for sale. Like <laughs> I, who is this genius yeah. artist? We have to like, have we gotta them. contact. Them I don't know find... what I thought would happen. It is amazing. Yeah. That and nothing did cool happen idea. from yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know. So it was, gr- what it was the... great. Um, yeah, I love that story. Uh, so I, I'm really interested in the kind of pivot from what you were doing there to comedy. And I know, you know, 
I know the story. I just listened to that. What? Where you were like, that's the thing. Pivot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You got to quit doing that. You're like, you're like totally throwing me off. Well, I mean, uh, I just like, I was like, I got to get into that. I yeah. want to like, you know. That's really lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> golly. Uh, so, but I am interested. One of the things I think is like the hardest thing for creative people is their superpower often is like in seeing infinite possibilities. But then that's also like analysis paralysis and, you know, they can't choose a path to put energies into. Yeah. And I'm just curious of when you started taking, uh, I don't know if it was classes or doing stuff with UCB, whether you were in the back of your mind thinking, am I, should I be using that time to be focused on my visual art? Were you think, were you working that out? I think I like always thought of this as a, problem even my dad brings up this dinner we had he came down to Baltimore and we had dinner when I was at Micah once and he brings this up a lot where I was like I don't know what to do like again general fine arts major which is like seen was always seen as like a negative kind of at Micah something I was because you didn't have a you didn't have like a a natural yeah yeah. and whereas a lot of my friends were like illustration or design or and I was like I don't know I'm interested in all these things And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't have a specialty. And am I spending too much time exploring all these different things? And now, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but now I'm like, no, like, that's my thing. Like, I feel like I'm lucky enough I get to have the freedom of exploring different things. That's like the whole thing of what I do. Whereas I think for other people, a specialty is like, better Uh but for me like that freedom is uh like uh, is how I like thrive but yeah when when I started out in New York I mean it was tricky because I my senior year at Micah I I did really know I wanted to be an actor uh which was like something I didn't like admit but I moved to New York to go to Atlantic Theater Conservatory so I was like going to go to this conservatory for two years for dramatic acting um and that didn't work out like that like I had planned because I hated it so much (laughs) and the process that that school um I don't know just the teacher it just like was not for me but when I found the when I found UCB and when I found comedy it was like it clicked so hard and I was like obsessed Mm. and so the balancing of that and then the like the drawing at night and then I had a job like all those things kept me so busy and like kind of ignited in all the ways but definitely I also was like well I'm not a real artist I'm drawing these like fucking greeting cards Mm -hmm. like I still I still feel that way right now where I'm like well I haven't like drawn in I don't know how long like I want how do I how do I like pick that part of me up again Mm -hmm. so it is for me it's like a a weird balance that i have i'm i'm kind of constantly struggling with yeah but in a good way too yeah yeah i think there's like a they kind of play off of each other and create kind of a forward momentum where when you're stuck in this thing and you go spend creative energy on something else it kind of unlocks it and they feed off of each other um just on a recent episode we were talking about how for me, I had a big breakthrough. When I started doing podcasting, I was already a full-time illustrator. And 
but there was something about public speaking and uh, analogies and metaphors that I was like, I don't know what it is I do, but that's the thing that it does it for me more than any other thing, this analogy metaphor thing. And it was really torn up because I'm like, am I an illustrator or am I a public speaker? Like, am I a podcaster? What are, what is it? And then I heard a public speaker say, he was going to give an analogy. And then he said, let me give you an illustration. And I was like, whoa, the same thing. And so there is this like, I feel like if you can get deeper beyond the what you make and deeper into why you're making it, what is the, the wheel in you that kind of propels this creative act forward? Um, yeah, you see that they're all, they're not all different things anyway. You know what I mean? They're all, yeah, it's all, yeah, exactly. So it's sort of just like the medium I'm going to choose at the time. Yeah. 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 Um, so going back to, you said it clicked and this might, this is at the risk of being pedantic, but I want to like zoom in to what did it mean that it clicked? I could, because, you know, I want to help people recognize when things are clicking and because it's still a bet because you're like, it feels like this UCB thing is clicking, the comedy thing's clicking, but you're still like, you don't know it was going to go anywhere. Oh, I mean, by click, I don't mean like, this is, I'm going to make a living off right. of this. Yeah. Like that was not there. I mean, I'm still like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, it was more, um, I mean, the art thing, I never had to, it never had to click because I was brought up in a very creative environment. Like uh, art supplies were like the gifts always. My brother is an incredible artist, like could, can draw, could just draw from the get go. And, and we were just, I, I drew kind of constantly as a kid. So that was never like a choice or never like a realization or had to click in. And so I went to, uh, I I lived with um, a a friend of mine from Micah, um, who I don't speak to anymore because um, we had a falling out. And then I like wrote about like I, I used that scenario in Broad City. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I did it. You never met her, yeah. and I think I lovingly... I think I know what episode you're talking about. I mean, but. like, the whole roommate situation. Like, it was just like, yeah. you know. But um, but she is the one who... I had done video work at Micah, and I was working in anthropology and, like, drawing, and she was like... I quit Atlantic, and I was, like, devastated. I was like, I want to be an actor. I'm not. I c- clearly can't do this, whatever they're doing in Atlantic, which was, like, repetition and, like scene and like analyzing a scene in like such a heady way that left me like very frozen and she was like have you ever been to the upright citizens brigade and I had never heard of the show and I was like no she was like I really think that you would love it and then I went by myself one night and I don't know I have no idea even like what was it was just some improv show I don't know what the fuck they were doing because like some if you and I was just like overwhelmed with like what are they doing like this is just like joyous like joyous and hilarious and like physical and instant and there was something that just clicked in terms of like I want to do that so for me it wasn't it wasn't a click of like I'm good at I didn't know if I would be good at it it was just seeing a thing and I think that's something that people can like 
identify way more than whether or not they're like good or they're going to be involved in it. But just knowing that you are like, wow, I want to be a part of whatever that is. That's, that was that. And then I started doing it and like taking classes and I, I think, and I don't know, we just met, but I, I think I'm way more introverted than I am when I'm performing, obviously, sure. but like yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some performers are the other way around. I'm, like, similar I'm to that. pretty yeah. introverted and shy. And so it took me a sec to like open up in improv and, and be confident. And that's a big thing. It's like stepping off the wall. Like there's a, an improv, there's like a back wall where like the performers play. And when you come out into a scene, you're like stepping off the wall confidently, even if you're playing like a not confident character, you have to like be bold and like go out and do the thing, which can relate to all the things you're trying to put Absolutely. out into the world. And yeah. it took me a long time to be like, I'm going to go, you know, just fucking keep yes. stepping off the back wall. And then I was, there were moments where I was like, I think I, I think I'm good at this. And I was never really successful at improv, like never got on a team at UCB. Yeah. Um, and wasn't really like accepted into that. I was in the community, but like actually like on the stage until Alana and I started doing the web series. Yeah. So that was always like a little bit of like a chip or like I was, it, it was a little bit of like a constant doubt because I couldn't get the thing that it. Yeah. it seemed like to be successful. You know, like someone like, like Zach Woods right. was like my improv 101 teacher. And then you watch his career and you're like, oh, well, he's on the stage. And then he gets like commercials and you just kind of watch like people's trajectory and feel like that's the only yeah. way. That's like the level by level. Like yes. this is the linear path. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what your question was, um, <laughs> but I've taken it somewhere else. No, it's fantastic. But, I love yeah. the concept of coming off the wall. Like that is incredible. I think, um, yeah, I have a tendency and I think a lot of creative people do to, try to over prepare for things instead yeah, of just making it's stuff. It's kind of yeah. like showing people. Yeah. I would imagine yeah, for an yeah. artist, like showing people your work or like trying to submit it to something or right. Yeah. I don't know what I call it writing on stage, but I talk about yeah. it in every, uh, like, you know, I've been working on a book publicly, like I've put it out through the podcast and I did a class cool. and I did all this stuff, but it's out there in real time in front of people so that I can actively get a feedback loop and improve it over time. Well, and you're, and in doing that, you're like holding yourself accountable. Yes. If you yeah. don't tell people, I often do that where I'm like, I'm doing this thing. And then it's like, I got to do the thing. I just don't. Yes. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a good trick. <laughs> yes. Um, so why did you choose? I mean, it sounds like it was just kind of serendipity a little bit, but what made you do improv opposed to stand up? Have you, did you ever think about it at that time? I'd done stand-up a couple times. Um, it just isn't... It's not really, like, my style of comedy. Um, I, I it, It's weird. Like, Alana and I did Broad City Live for years and years at UCB, and then we, like, went on tour across the country once and did it for, like, three weeks. And that... I, I feel comfortable coming out and as myself, but the writing of jokes in that style is just not me. Yeah. But I, I, oh, I always did characters. So like my solo thing when I was coming up was like more character work based on, it would be like kind of a 
offshoot of me. So it'd be yeah. like that I would come out and be like super insecure uh-huh. on stage, but I was never like most standups are, you know, like Hannibal's, Hannibal's Hannibal, yeah. you yeah. know, like yeah. Alana does Alana, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. And it, it just doesn't feel, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's a different thing. Part of the reason I asked was because, uh, I mean, everybody has to pick a path, but also as I've been reading your book, it feels very like stand up observations and it's really funny and it doesn't, it, it still feels like your voice. Like it definitely yeah, sounds like you. I think, I think the book, um, thank you for reading it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's, um, it's written in a way that I think if you don't know my, the tone, you maybe think I'm being really... Like there are, there are chapters that are written like exaggerated. Like if you listen to it, you, you hear it, but I'm like my mom or like, I'm just sort of like, I wonder what, like, what did your mom say? No, no, she loved it. But like, I wonder sometimes like the tone, if, if everyone like hears the ridiculousness, like when I go on and on and on, that is, that is a little what you're saying. Like, I guess I, that would be my stand up, but I guess because it is this like exaggerated thing that it's, it's, um, I don't know. I guess I never, I don't know. I, I, but I do miss performing live so much. Like there's a chapter in there toward the end. That was the first chapter I wrote that, um, is, oh man, what is it called? When and where. Right. And it's about like all the different scenarios in which like I could run into my ex. Yeah. And I thought that every, like that is a thing that everyone I think can relate to, mm-hmm. whether it's an ex or someone that you're like, okay, like <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. Where are they? And I just took it to like an extreme, but the voice in which I'm reading it or writing it is not me. It's me, but it's like far gone. Yeah. And that, I guess, would be my like on stage persona, but it's a different. It's not like, hey, guy, you know, like yeah. it's just. I different. mean, yeah, I think, and also the I love the where you're talking about all the different scenarios that could go wrong, and uh, but it's similar to that. But I feel like it's like a, it's like the most Jewish part of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works though. Yeah, that, that, that works. As, that does as far work. as right. I know, um, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of stand ups are the most extreme or a a slice of who they are pushed up to like 11. seems like that's true. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess I just I'm trying to tell you to do stand-up. Well, no, I guess I never did that like circuit. (laughs) Right, yeah. So it's come out in like other ways. Sure. But no, I I have recently missed doing live stuff. Like I went to see Mike Birbiglia's last show. Mm, And uh, his Broadway show? Yeah, Yeah. he did it out here too. And I... Was that was amazing. I was like, oh, I'm like so that is stand up, but it's more storytelling, and yeah. it's like that's a thing yes. I've been thinking about. Last episode of this podcast, I went on a huge oh, rant really? about Mike Birbiglia's oh, new I'm, show. I started, and I'm just like, I started. Don't do that. Don't start at the back. I started at the back. I got. Like, I get better. You know, if you start, that's why I took the first hundred episodes off because I was like, don't. These well, completists I, want to start at the beginning. And, I've, I, I clearly like it. I'm okay. so sorry. I that guess I'm like... you're sat here. <laughs> um, but no, I, that, that show, I love it. And I, I'm very interested in this new kind of slight shift with comedy towards Did, storytelling. Have, have you seen Jacqueline Novak's show? No. Get on your knees? N- I, no, I haven't seen it. Are she's you just telling me to get on my knees? What, no, what? she's <laughs> a friend of mine. It's truly a sh- like a 
full show about blowjobs. <laughs> I, I think she just ended her run in L, in New York, but I yeah. think it might be coming back here. Okay. But it's yeah, I just it's not. My there's fingers. no special or anything yet. I'm. I'd be surprised if they okay. if she didn't do because it's just so it's so ripe to be put on Netflix or whatever. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a mix of, or it's like this new thing. What you're saying, where it's like, it's stand, like she's a stand up, but it's like not that. It's yeah, I'm it's obsessed. on one topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, Hannah Gatsby's another one. Yeah, I'm just like, man, this is so. This is a different thing. Yeah. Um. So when you were finding your voice creatively, uh, I've heard you call your humor slapstick. And my favorite thing that uh, about your characters are when you're psyching yourself up to get tough that's one of my favorite things um do you have that do you have other things that you over time first of all how did you start finding those things and then do you have like a utility belt of things of like oh these are like when you're writing or performing are you thinking are you do you have go-to like energies do you mean like re, like my in real life how I psych myself up no, or like no, no, Abby I mean in like show? when you're when you're doing a performance or you're going to write something oh. or do you like with your comedy style do you have like go-to things of cuz I I feel like over time you've clearly div- you've found your comedic voice and there's these energies that you go into that are very you and I just wonder if there are things that you have consciously noticed and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll use that. Because I heard you talking about um, uh, the League of Their Own reboot. And yeah, you were just ta- wrap yeah. that on Sunday night. Oh, man. I'm so yeah. pumped about this. Um, yeah, I bet that feels good. It does feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard you talking about uh, how the comedy element, because there's a lot of heavy themes, uh, that you felt... Like that's something you felt like you knew you could do. And I just wonder if if going into that you've got tools in your utility belt to be like, oh I know, I know how to do my thing in that way. Yeah, it's interesting because I felt that in the opposite way for the other parts of this show where right. I was yeah. like, you know, just I think um as you know, I would love to hear someone talk about that's like successful talking about how like what what I'm about to talk about. Yeah, which is like you. I just did this pilot, and I do it. The like comedy, even when there's no audience, there's a crew, and like even when I'm do like obviously on Broad City, it was just different. It's like Alana and I just that is a thing I know so well. We know if it's work. Like I just know that, like what works and that. Is she that an usually, audience member in that? Yeah, for you? I mean, we for each we other? know if something's. It's like I I break in the scene constantly, yeah. you know. Like, but the crew, like it's like it's cut, and everyone we there is kind of like an audience. Yeah. Um, but even if no one's laughing with comedy, like you just I can feel it more. You've got a it's sense, just my, sixth sense taste thing, and yeah. and it's just like what I've like honed like it's like working out you're like those are my like toned muscles and then for this I was like I watch a lot of drama I feel as a human you've got so I know sensitivity what, to it. Um, yeah. but performance wise it was something I was very nervous about um and it's also we're telling a lot of people's stories and so some are from my point of view and some are like you know my story 
is like in there. But there's also a lot of things that aren't like we, we, that's a lot about race and a lot about um, sexual identity. And so they're not all mine. And that there was like a lot of pressure. But for me, performance wise, I was like, okay, I don't I'm not a trained actor in this way. And it was really scary. I was like, I, I think I can do this. Like I've had that situation before where I was like really nervous, but I also think it's so good to be nervous. Like nervous is so close to being like excited, but yeah, true. being nervous isn't bad. Like it means you care about it. And so it was just something I was, it's just harder for me on set to know if something's working. Like yes. I can feel it, but like the, a take where I wasn't sure might be the better take. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's one of the things that I talk about comedy a lot on the show because I think one of the best things within that practice is that there's such a clear target of what's good. Like good is laughing or right. even if they're not laughing, there's a, you know, there's more of a, you can see it on their face or there's things, there's metrics. Whereas illustration or design or even drama, there's not as tangible of a thing where you're like, yeah, I hit the mark. So it's harder to kind of learn from your choices because you have to, you don't have that feedback loop where you can just start, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I thought, yeah, I find that really interesting. I think that, um, did you start to find a sensitivity to it to where you started yeah, noticing? I think I've been thinking a lot and, and like on Broad City, we would think about this a lot too, because even when, even when it's comedy, like it still can be something that you're, you're, intending the audience to feel like uh, like the, like you're laughing because you're feeling a yes. thing yeah. like it yeah. can be like a dark a very dark thing but you're laughing at but this was even more of a conscious thought process of like well what do I as the right as a writer like I kept like I'm very much I always talk about like hats I'm like Jesus well like now I'm a writer right here and now I'm gonna like take that off because I'm gonna like I'm acting today and this is like a lot um but as a writer and then as an and as an actor too it's it's I feel like I go into it more now like well what what am I what do I want the audience to feel here and then what um what does the character feel in every like little beat and i think this new show is very much from my character's point of view so it was like kind of a very clear okay like if i feel like i don't know there's like these clear like sort of mile markers of like if i feel this way then i am doing what i'm in- setting out to do and hopefully the audience will feel that and at a certain point you just have to be like I hope this is working. I feel like it's working. Just the same with like drawing something. You're like, my gut is saying like, this is working. Mm-hmm. And then that's what, like, there's, there's a place where you can't yes. do anything else. Yes. It's a lighting up of your own taste buds. Yeah. And if that, that's all you have is yes. that, is that's your true North. And I think about when I would go try to design a t-shirt that I think people would want, whatever that broad statement means. I could, I always made the weirdest things that were not, didn't make any sense. But as soon as I would frame it as what t-shirt would I want to wear? All of a sudden I get into my own personal taste and I, that's some kind of metric that I can Yeah. And not, and I, by saying like how I want people to feel, 
is the, is is ultimately how I want to feel. Yes. Like because yeah. sometimes I've found myself in the in the broad city world Alana and I would get like if there was criticism or whatever you kind of get caught up in that and then it's like no that, like you can't think about how to make a show to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's just like how to make the show that you love. Yes. And so I'm with League of Their Own, I'm like, mm, some people are going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm prepared. So mm-hmm. This is people's favorite movie. Right. Where this is not the movie. It's very different. People are going to hate it. I'm probably going to, like, step away from social media. <laughs> Truly, because I'm, like, a cutter. Like, right. I can't handle it. Yeah. I'll find the bad ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that that, like, you can never make something that everyone's going to love. But that's also, like... Of course you want people to love it, but... This is like Star Wars of baseball, uh, in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm like, it, like I think people are going to watch it like, oh, let's see what... what there, the, the, yeah, doing, I think there's know? probably people that grew up with it that'll feel that way, but I do think what you're trying to do from the little that I know about it, I think that you're telling a story that needs to be told and... Yeah, yeah. and it's also like, the, it's in no way... The, the movie is still right there. Sure. Yeah. It's in no way, there's none of the same characters. It's like a totally different thing. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm like, I love the movie. That should exist sure. on its own. But um, yeah, I think, where's I going to, Oh, just the, like the, the, like n- when the, the feeling of like the, that it's something is working. Mm-hmm. It just has to like work for me. And I know that some people are not going to, yeah. Like it. Yep. Or I've gotten to a place where I'm like, that's okay. Yep. There's so much shit being made that they can <laughs> they find, can the find thing that thing they're yeah, they like. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's a funny way to look at it. Um, so back when you were, before you did the web series, did you, what were your dreams and aspirations? I keep thinking about, I know you're a huge Oprah fan, so I'm assuming you had some intentions at that time. Uh, yeah. yeah, were you I mean, in comedy? Were you did you have like oh, this is where I would this is what I want to do? I mean, as a kid, like through high school, yeah. I I mean, it's so funny. I, yeah, like it was SNL for sure. Yeah. Getting on SNL. That was it. I would do Coffee Talk. I I mean, I write about that in the book. It that I hosted. I was never I never sang, so like I couldn't do I couldn't act in anything and in high school because it was always musicals but I would do the stuff like I would host the thing as like all these characters it was very much like SNL like Gilda Radner was my favorite Molly Shannon Amy Poehler like those they were like actually when I was in college but like Sherry O'Terry like that I I was just like anyone that grew up with me excuse me knows I was obsessed with SNL well I don't want to say this because I, it's, you know, sounds very typical and maybe just everyone feels that way, but I know that I yeah. will have listeners email me be like, Andy, you should have said that's, that was my whole thing. I was obsessed with Saturday Night Live and I was, I, I was so bold that like through middle school, I told every, all my teachers were like, what are you, what are you looking to do? I'm like, I'm moving to New York and I'm going to try to be on Saturday Night Live. So I totally relate to that 100%. Yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, I write I think this is in the book. I was like. I wrote Lorne Michaels a letter and I was like, I was probably like 13 and I was like, better get ready. 
because I'm coming to New York oh and I'm going to be on SNL. <laughs> and amazing. I found out it was like Studio 8H. I like, it probably never got to him. And then I made a bet with my brother. I was like, by the time I'm 20, I'm going to be a cast member. Hundred bucks. I never gave him the hundred bucks. I was like, clearly didn't get it. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was just like it. Yeah. Just the energy of that, and like, I don't know. Um, and then, wait, what? So how? Are, yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. That. What did I? I'm just yeah. To- I'm just curious because you know what your dreams and aspirations were during that time, or oh, it, generally, yeah. Right. Oh, and then when I got to to New York and found UCB, I think again, like this, there was. I don't know what it was. It turned into like, well, I can't get like I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't book anything. And this is the whole reason Alana and I made Broad City because both of us were like, we can't get on this stage. We can't get on these teams. But we think we're really funny. But there was still this like level of us being like, even when we ha- when we started doing the web search, we were like, well, maybe someone will see it and want to hire us as writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because kind of, I don't know. And maybe this is like society had was like, there wasn't really a lot of women that looked like us that were doing stuff and... I don't know. There was just, there's like, even at UCB, I don't know now, it's been a second, but it was like one, one woman with seven guys on a team. That was like the vi- the view you got when you went to see a show, all the teams. And so it was sort of just like, fuck, this is such a hard space to fill. We got to make our own thing. And then maybe we'll get like hired as staff writers. Right. Like we didn't even like, couldn't even see. Dream that the, big. With yeah. The, yeah. I remember... Um, I, which is so funny now to think about it because I had this like whole like sexual awakening so late, but I was like, I'm going to move to LA and write on Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like, so random just because I was like, well, you know, I, um, I was like, there's no way I'm going to write monologues for like, I'm not going to write SNL monologues. I'm not going to write like late night monologues about like, like politics. That's just not like my vibe. So I was like, well, I can write, I can definitely write Ellen's jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're great, but like no, a different yeah. kind of humor. And I was like, this was, I was probably 25 and I was like, I'm going to move to LA guys, everybody knew for, like all my friends in, in New York, I was like, moving to LA. And then I did this show at UCB it was like a three-on-three tournament, improv tournament, right before Thanksgiving. They have this like three-on-three tournament that is like awesome because it gets like really big improvisers and it's just like competitive. And it was like the first time, again, I was never on the Herald team. I didn't get to like perform on stage improv-wise very much. And I did this show and it was like great. And my friend afterward, Ashley, was like, why why would you move to – LA now like you're so like you're so good like this like stuff's happening here and I don't know why her saying that I was like you're right I don't know why I would move to LA right as I'm just getting going in New York because it felt like it wasn't working but I guess I couldn't see like oh it is like these little triumphs were working and then I say it and then Alana and I started doing Broad City yeah I, I you know one of the primary reasons I wanted to talk to you is probably the most, 
common theme on this show is about writing your own roles, no matter what, no matter what you do, finding out who you are, what you want to do, and then showing the world that through what you choose to make on a self-initiated basis. I call them creative side quests. And, uh, I, I'm, as you were going through that, what were the conversations with Alana about starting it? What were the first times you started talking about that? Yeah, we, um, we were just, we, so we were the two women on our improv team right? called secret promise circle. And we would, uh, (laughs) we would perform like in all the little teeny theaters, but us and a bunch of guys and it was, and, and her brother Elliot was on it too. And it was just so fun and like scrappy and like, just like such a, like a, an incredible, like two, three years of like this, like, I don't know. Like it was just such like a great period of time in my life. And I think in everyone's where like everyone has a day job they like hate, but at night we would like come out and do comedy and like we would go to our show and then we would go to the show after and like go to the bar. It was just like such a like pure, creative, like inspiring time. And we, um, we were just friends. And then I guess both like kept being like, we can't get anything. Like what the fuck? Like we can't, get the next step and then just our relationship cracked us up like it's very much what it is on tv and i she was so not like any of my friends i grew up with just this like it's so funny like like when i first met her she would say stuff that is so now more relevant yeah it's it's cultural but i would she would say stuff and i was like what (laughs) Like shit, like, like, like caramel and queer and like yeah. everybody's fluid and like all it, like just, but that was like not, I wasn't hearing that. And yeah. I was like, who is this yeah. girl? You know, like, um, that's amazing. And I was like the straight man. I was like her straight man where I would always be like, you know, cocking my head to the yeah. left or the right and be like, what dude? <laughs> and then one day we were like, what? If, oh, I, I remember I did a show with a friend of mine, we did this show at UCB, which is like when you put up a show, it's called a spank and you're like trying it out. And if they like it, they'll give you notes and you do it again. If they like it, they'll put it up and you'll get a run. And I did this show and I thought it was really good. And we got notes and the friend I did it with was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like so bummed because I thought like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And Alana was like, I'll do something with you. Mm. Let's like, and the more we just like met we met at this pizza shop. I will never forget. I hope it's still there. We're right near where the UCB training center used to be on 30th and 7th Ave. And I have still have this composition notebook. And it was like, let's just, let's just make it about us. Like what are, what are things that we think are hilarious or fun? And it was, it was like little beats and we just started writing ideas and they're like, truly, we like just use a couple of them in the last season, you know, like, cause they hold up cause it's just stuff you do with your friend. Mm-hmm. And then we enlisted our friend, Rob, Michael Hugel did, uh, most of the first season with us as a director and editor. I went on that. There was this database at the time improv resource center and it was a place that everyone in the comedy community would be like hey i'm i need like extras for my sketch or like i'm looking for actors or whatever and he was like i'm looking to direct stuff and i was like rob we took an improv together do you want to do this and so he did he like got to do all that and 
and then we kind of, I said, got to, I don't know if he would, would agree with that because <laughs> we ended up using a lot of other friends that were directors as it kept going. Um, and we were broke and we would like buy people f- food and we would pay the locations 50 bucks. And it was like very scrappy shot in our apartments, you know, all this stuff. And just kept, it was so, we, we all, Alana and I were also working at the same place called life booker, which is like what her job on the show is based off of. And so we figured out a way where we were like G chatting the show while we were making like cold calls to salons and shit. And (laughs) we just started taking it so seriously. Like there was a schedule we would shoot like, like to a weekend or we would write and it was like, I don't know why, like the two of us, I mean, I, I do know why, like the, the Broad City ended up being successful because one, the dynamic of us, but also because we both have this like work ethic that clicked and we were like, you have this too, like, let's fucking go. And we made it like a job and yeah, it was like all we did. Yeah. It's like, I think that kind of discipline and investment, the tough part is I think some people might even have the work ethic, but it doesn't, uh, come out because they don't believe it's going to pay off or they don't believe in themselves enough to treat it that way. But I also think it's, it's the work ethic matched with loving it, Mm, loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've worked on other projects where I've had to have the same work ethic. But you weren't loving didn't it. Didn't love yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, I could work with Alana all day, all night. Yeah. And we're like hysterical while we're working. And same, I'm I'm like, when I've been doing a, um, a project art-wise, yeah. like when you are like clicking in, it's about like when you click into that, you're like... I love, like, this is joyous. And so then the work ethic part flows because you are like, I could do this all day. You're playing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a hard, that's a hard and very rare thing. Yeah. I mean, even now I'm like, that's really rare. (laughs) Doesn't Doesn't happen all that time. I'm interested too in this, uh, this three year time where you're doing this with a group and because first of all, I think it's interesting because that's kind of the iceberg thing as everybody knows about Broad City, but they didn't see this period of time of like gestation and, and fermenting of all these ideas yeah. and, and all that stuff. And then I'm also really interested in this idea of Brian Eno's, which is genius. And it's like the genius of a scene rather than a lone genius. Is and this I, in the, the music the, book? Uh, I don't know. I, I heard it from Austin Kleon. Do you know him? Read it. Um, he, but yeah, he talks about this genius thing where, and I'm really curious about this and I'm, my big question is, can you do that again later as like a, as a life cycle? Because I was listening to, um, Andre 3000 with Rick Rubin's podcast and he's talking about how, you know, they had the same thing, similar thing to you're describing where they called it the dungeon. It was the basement where him and, uh, all these rappers and, and artists were making stuff and like, you know, getting excited about the stuff they were doing. It was just a scene, right? That that's where outcast came from. And I, I feel like as you get successful, you get more and more, uh, isolated as the genius 
of oh, like I was, I was like nodding and then you said that I was like no. <laughs> isolated <laughs> as oh, no 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 just like or you know maybe not that word but that's the word he used like it says heavy burden of like you know even within outcast getting uh you, you want to do a dad joke or something made an out, outcast from outcast of oh. like singled out to he's the this weird phenomenon but it all all of that juice and energy came from the scene and so the more you get like you're isolated in your own little camp and you're you're made to be making stuff alone i'm just keep wondering if that could be more of a life cycle rather than like that was a one time thing where i was you know i mean i i really hope so yeah me too <laughs> i'm like uh yeah i think that that it, like it does feel like what were the what were like the salons in yeah. Paris? It feel like that was my version. Yes. In New York. Yeah. And so like, I think all the people, you know, UCB and the comedy scene, there, there was that in Chicago. And like, I came in late. I, it's still going on now, but like, I came in later. Like there was like this whole like Nick Kroll and Mulaney and like that, like Chelsea Peretti and all those were before me. Uh, and then like my grouping but I think, yeah, we all kind of witnessed each other's like, oh shit, that like Donald Glover like yeah. was right around like right a little before me. Like some people can't. You're just like, oh whoa, like we were all like scrappily, just like like excitedly creating stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that I don't know if that can exist again because you're that is. I mean, for me, that was like this time where you don't, it's like, could this ever happen? Right. Like, could I ever even make money off of my joyous thing? And like, it's just like the, this young, like spirited time. Mm -hmm. Also, I say that now uh, from like a romantic view of it. Yeah. Where I'm like, when you were living it. It was shitty and like doubtful. And I was like, am I going to work at like this like SEO assistant yeah. job, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that search engine optimization. They know. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I did a lot of like stupid shit. I like yeah. uploaded all the Ted talks for like a really? year, truly like, um, and Chris like tracked their yeah. analytic, you know, like yeah. what? Like I did all that stuff. So like, yeah, now I look back on it and it was like, we were, and I'm like, it was really a doubtful time too. Mm. So like, I don't think I can replicate that, but I think, I hope I can like every, like there, I hope there, it comes in cycles where you can find yourself surrounded by people that are like inspiring you on whatever level you're at or find stuff or work or space that allows you to like tap into that again. I mean, I'm hoping, I, I don't know, like I, that's a thing that I I'm like kind of struggling with right now of like feeling this momentum and like not wanting to like, like, or feeling the need to like, gotta like, okay, like all this, like I got to keep this, this going, but also I'm like, wait, what is my actual craft? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like it's this, I don't know if I'm making sense. I want to hear more of that. I want, yeah, yeah, because I'm like, I'm on this train of like show, like t- television kind of, but like Broad City was that, but 
was coming from a place of like, like such a personal, such a like reflective thing that happened to be a show or it was like such a like, this is us. This is our friendship. We're like, we are like expressing ourselves in all the ways. And a league of their own has been that too. And, but it's just such a, the process has been such a more traditional, I think working in LA, yeah. like yeah. deal, like getting, dealing with the network and like comedy central, like that experience was so rare. Um, that I, I don't know if I'll get that again. It was like a hands-off kind of vibe. Um, hmm. Okay. It was like it was like drawing in the studio, and somehow everyone got to see it. Yeah. Versus, you're doing a campaign with like a corporate, um, like you're you're doing like a branded campaign with yeah. your illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got, this happens to me sometime. I got so sucked into listening that I'm not ready to, to go to the next question. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I get it. I'm really, going all over the place. It's really interesting. I think, uh, I'm, hmm. I not to like, say, also, they haven't picked up this show yet. Right. Just a pilot. Yeah. And I will say, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, we've, I mean, I've been writing this show for two years, maybe more than that right now. And it is, it is, I am getting to talk about so many things that are important to me and it is like an, a pow, can, I think it is a powerful show. So when it does, knock on wood, get yeah. on the air, there is this satisfying thing of like, it does fulfill the things that I'm like trying to create. It's just the, the process has been very different. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to, there's a, there's a thread there. I'm going to come back and I'm going to pull it because there's, that is such a, uh, interesting situation to be in. Oh, I got it. There got it is. It. Um, this is, uh, <laughs> uh, I was listening to Neil Gaiman talk with Liz Gilbert and she, they were talking about how, uh, I yeah, I know me too, man. I, I love her so much. Um, th- she was saying that like in production and industry and wall street, there's a really clear, idea that your the red line is going to go up and to the right. It's going to just continue to your whole goal as a company is to just make more money than the time before. And yet the life cycle of a person is much more like the seasons of a year. And there's just like, you know, now there's winter. And I feel like, you know, creatively that's kind of, I've been doing, I've been an illustrator for 10 years. I've been doing the podcast for five years and I feel like I'm going through, I was at yoga the other day and she said, you know, there's a time that comes where the leaves all fall off the trees and it's a good thing. And I feel like there's, you're talking about this momentum thing that feels very much like the red line of like, I've got to keep riding this. I've got to keep, you know, keep up to the right. And whereas it's much more natural and human to have these winters. I know. And that's, I completely agree. It's this, um, it is this, it's a scary thing where I'm, I'm also just like, I need, I know I need like, this is such a, uh, fortunate thing to say. Sure. Where I'm like, I need time. Yeah. Like I would love to actually like make something. I'm like quoting broad city. Cause we say it all the fucking time is make the space. Like it's like <laughs> such a theme of it at the end. But I'm like, I'm not making any time to like make the space to like be, be like 
independently creative? Like, what do I feel? What do I think without like a project? I often have to, I often, my cycle, which I'm like feeling, I'm feeling like I'm going to do it to myself again, which I love, but it's also like my, I'm, I love it. And it's my work, like a flaw kind of, but also like a douchey flaw is that I'll like pitch a project. So I have to like do it or like I'll pitch like a book. So I'm like, well, I have to like, like uh, keep myself busy, but also like explore the things I need to explore within myself. But it's like business rather than being like, I'm going to take time off and like go and like be quiet. Mm -hmm. Like again, such a fortunate thing. Like what am I talking about? Like everyone should be so lucky, but, um, Again, don't know if I'm answering your question. No, that's at all, exactly. But it, like, I, I, you know, that input. There's, a, I'm, I'm very aware of the input output thing. Of like, man, if I'm just always putting stuff out, where does that, hu- you know, that amount? It's, it's kind of. I always think about it like the first album of a band they wrote over 18 years or whatever, and then the next one they wrote about being on tour, and it's just like that's not enough input you need yeah. more of that stuff and i uh same you should listen to this episode with neil okay. gaiman and liz gilbert because she talks about how Who's uh, it? it's her podcast. her podcast yeah and um uh she talks about stephen fry says that the problem with the second book is that it happens too fast and she's like because you think that the oh the first book just flew out of me it was just so you know but that book took 20 years to be made that it that is like all of you and then the, yes. like, I have friends who I'm like who have released like essay books and the, like the second one's good but I'm like you're doing they oh they, the publisher's like do another one that that one well and I'm like what are you what are you gonna write about like mine was so like kind of specific but I would never try to like I'm like what the fuck I have nothing else I put it all in there <laughs> yeah. I haven't lived anything yeah. else yet you know what I mean yes. like yeah but but the world the business world is like that did well you got to go 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 you're like you're so, like but you haven't re like you haven't lived another regrown book. anything yeah. to yeah. like sell yeah yeah it's I don't I feel like we didn't get any answer uh, not from you, but we don't have an answer other than it's, this is one of the trickiest parts of, uh, commerce mixing with art is that, you know, it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things balancing within that. I mean, sometimes I think about like, because a lot of my projects are, um, like I, I, I feel like my comedy, I'm like, it's just about my point of view. Like that's all I have. And so if I use that, like, I can trust that. But then if I were to shift it and be like, I'm going to make a thing just about this very specific thing, then you can kind of shift. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Like use a, yeah. Like use a topic to explore. Like I'm going to write about this day or not whatever, but like then you can shift it where it's not like this huge light. I'm like, this is about my light. It's like, no, it's about like apples, like that not, but you this know what so, I mean? That's so good. I told, I know exactly what you mean. Because it's then a, it's like, wow, well, what if I did just explore? You put the, that through the filter because the thing that it is, you know, we talk a lot about on this show, like taste as like the foundation of what you do, meaning what you, you know, 
like we're talking about the t-shirt and the thing of like, it's doing it for you and like leading that, using that, your taste buds, your creative taste buds as your true north of like, is it lighting them up? And I keep thinking that whole taste thing is your point of view. Yeah. And you're just saying, how do you, you can, then you can start instead of, cause I, I think this is kind of like what a lot of people that are writing fiction do that are not directly related to their life. They're right. saying, what if I wrote for this person that I'm not, yes. but I just filtered my point of view through that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. yeah like I, I, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm rusty at like, what if I were to just try, try and write some comedy, like try and like, and then I'm like, well, what do I want to write about? I can write about anything. And then it's like, wait, well, what if I just wrote about like, like the, a restaurant experience or like, just I pick like one little thing. Like I know I can write a, a funny thing, an engaging thing. But when it's so broad, when you have all the options, it's like daunting and it's like unimaginable where to start. But when you, it's like a, just an, as an exercise, you can kind of, if you trust yourself as an artist in whatever way, you can figure out a way to make that engaging. Yeah, that's super inspiring to me because I think I've talked so much about my life and my career and that, you know, my the talk that I'm kind of doing on tour is about my life. And I think that there is a shift of like, well, when that cycle's over, maybe what I'll do is explore fantasy. Just explore like, just make up worlds yeah. rather than uh, always have to be telling my story. Um, right. It seems like it's just like a nice, like, um, like a, not a safety thing, but like, Oh, you don't have like you will always be telling your story well, that, through yes. whatever. But like, yeah, it takes the pressure off to be like, I'm gonna like talk about my like anything. Yes, like I, I reminds I can't me think of Wes of Anderson. Like, example. I feel like his. Uh, I feel like every Wes Anderson movie, most of them are like the same thing of like people with dad problems. And then they're just like, well, what about these characters with dad yes. problems? And the, like, and this like, you know, a family that's like revolving around this toxic dad. Um, and he's just writing it in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Um, I never like put that together. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, clearly he has daddy. Issues. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's gotta be in there. Um, okay. So I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I've got two other questions. One is what is, are there things now that are lighting up your, those creative taste buds like comedy was in the US, UCB days? Or is there things that are resonating on those levels for you now? I mean, I wish I, I could say that like I was like, I'm doing this right now. I mean, sure. I just ended this pilot on Sunday night and I'm like trying to like come up for air yeah. with that and feel... And I'm like, have to go into the edit with that. But I would say. Um, the answer can be no. No, I mean, That's, I want I, it to be. I am I am dying to make things with my hands. Yes. Again. Like I am dying to like draw or like just to create artwork again. Like I haven't done that in so long. The last thing I did was this illustrated book, which truly like isn't even what I used to do it was like a it was like an awesome thing that this publisher let me do and it I did it in like th three months four months I drew like so many drawings uh at nights and on the weekends really and cool it book. was like thanks and it was just like this like funny thing that I was like enamored by like what people carry around and it was just like let me like play yeah. 
and I'm kind of itching for something. It's, a call, that's, it's called you can. It's called carry this carry book, this and it's book, like yeah. what people might carry around in their bags. Yeah, and it just it's really good. it truly just let me draw stuff, and it was just so fun. It was like I was just drawing shit, yeah. and I want to find a thing. I need to I need to find the next thing where I'm just like uh, engaged in that way, like just making stuff, and I. I haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in the kind of foraging for this neck, that deep resonance yeah. thing that's lighting you up. Um, okay. So the last question is, I'm pretty sure that you were a big boys to men fan. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I think you talked about Where it on you? hot ones. Oh, I was, did I don't yeah. remember that? Cause that was so insane. It, it looks I so was like, mean. It and feels painful. like you are wasted <laughs> yeah. at a certain point. We were like, and Alana and I felt it's so amazing. sick all day because I don't eat meat. Uh-huh. I'm like a vegetarian, pescatarian. Yeah. And we ate, I mean, we, we ate like a head of cauliflower because it's like buffalo cauliflower. Yeah. So we were like sick. Oh my God. But it was like. <laughs> it's amazing. But I, yeah. I mean, you should go watch it, Because I'm everybody. from Philly. Yeah. So I love boys to men. But I mean, I haven't. I haven't listened in quite a while. Uh, yeah, so everybody knows on the show I'm a huge Boys to Men fan. I grew up listening to them. And uh, I even did an episode about finding your uh, perfect harmony in your creative career and figuring out whether you were a Nathan, Michael, Sean, or Juan Ye. Okay. Um, so stay tuned for that episode. It'll be, it'll be somewhere <laughs> in there. Uh, but... Uh, I was going to say, man, this is the, ter- we're not, I, this isn't real. This isn't a real request, but I was going to pretend like, should we, it's the end of the episode. Should we sing a few verses of end of the road together and just, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I would know it. Uh, I think I would maybe know it. Yeah. It's, uh, we belong together. Oh, yeah. There's so many, uh, the, as soon as we, we came up with this idea of like, Let's think about uh, a silly way to end it. And then we started going through the Boys to Men back catalog. Right. And pretty much every suggestion uh, is a terrible one okay. for this joke, including I mean, as down, I started I singing it. it, realizing that was a terrible I one. Mean, I mean, well. I am <laughs> down. I just don't know if I know that I can do the tune. It wasn't real. Just, it wasn't real. It wasn't, it wasn't a real request. You want to take request. it back? I d- I'm taking You're it. You're not leaning into the... <laughs> Scared. <laughs> I'm scared. Oh, step you gotta off go the wall. off. Go in. Well, what boys to men song do you know? Uh, my favorite is. Um, I mean, do you know what's Water on? Runs Dry? I don't think I know that one, but I did <laughs> love. My friends and I were obsessed with the one with Mariah Carey. Yes, one where, sweet where they were day. in the recording they have the, Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. the look. Right I have now. the headphones on. Yes. Let's hear a, a one sweet day. Can you just uh, pull how's that it, up? How's it start? Um, sorry. Sorry, I never told oh you. Oh my God. You mean, I'm going to do, do it. Do it. Yes. <laughs> sorry, I never told you. All I wanted to say. But now I never do. I don't know the rest of it. But you've gone away, right? <laughs> so far away. Yeah. You got to point to the notes on that part. Now, wait, no, and then they come back down. I think took a, your love for granted. I took it for granted. Oh. Fuck, we need, I, I know, need, I, no, no, That's, I do know it once it that plays. That was beautiful. If it plays. I don't have any Wi-Fi here. The, the, the 
the cell phone coverage isn't picking up. I can't pull anything up. On this is really wow. important now. I'm oh, wait, we got help. We got help. Oh, here we go. We got it. got it. Here we go. We'll clear this. Yeah, yeah. It's a cheap song, I'm sure. Oh, it's on Mariah's. Yeah. Back Not Boys to Men. Okay. This is where they come into the studio and they're all laughing and then they all have heads. Here we go. That's you. Oh, it's. I never told you. This is the best moment. More than. <laughs> Wanted to say You gotta take I had to take one off the hear it. You gotta hear it, yeah Too late to hold you But you've gone away So far away Had I ever Oh my god I'm okay, going to be Mariah? Yeah. What? This was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh my God. That was amazing. We were like Thank good you. for a we, second. It, yeah. Who, who I was think that so. singing in the... I think that's Nathan. Boy? I think that's Nathan. He had the glasses. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was kind of... That's in my episode I talk about. He's like the one with the smart, so it's cerebral creativity. Because you know, he's got the, the glasses. I have look. a quick voice to men song. So like my yes. dad lived in this neighborhood called Chesterbrook. Uh-huh which was like a community for divorced dads. It was hilarious. Like condos. What? Um, it's a project I'm actually working on forever, but it's like when my parents got divorced, my dad moved into like one of these like nineties, like condo places. And it was like truly 80% divorced mm-hmm. parents. So I remember this one day I had, I had like a sleepover and a bunch yeah. of girls. We were like, I don't know what we were doing. We we're like getting dropped off and there was a limo in the development, which uh-huh. was like, suburbs we were like there's a fucking limo what's going on and we i don't know why we went up to the driver because it was waiting outside yeah. like across the street from me and i was like we were like what's going on like who's in this and he was like it's a guy from boys to men what? and he never told us who but i was oh like my gosh. i will never forget we were like <gasps> one of the boys to men is in a cross and i think they told us or i made this up that he was like Visiting his lady. Oh, in the in the divorced. It was like a single kind of right. yeah. <laughs> that's good. I don't know if story. I made that up. It felt it felt real. Maybe that's your next fiction piece. You can just write out this whole boys to men, fi- yeah. not fan fiction. Thing. Yeah, yeah, about him showing up in the divorcee lot. I don't even know which boy, which man. You was. get to decide, but I would hope it was Wanye. He was my favorite. He's the one that's always going all over the place in the background, you know, at the end of the song. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Um, Okay, I know you didn't have all the the time. Thank you so much for doing this. This means the world to me. Oh my gosh, thank you, Abby. Yeah, thanks for having me. Beep. All right. Abby, oh my goodness gracious, my heart hurts with, you know, not being able to fully articulate how special it is to me and my audience. Seriously, thank you for taking out time. I know you're super busy. Ah, man, so thankful. Hopefully, hopefully we get to do it again someday. Go follow Abby on Instagram. Go follow her, Abby Jacobson, just like it sounds, A-B-B-I-J-A-C-O-B. 
S-O-N. She's about to do an illustration project where she's going to do 100 drawings and sell them for $100 each and give it away to a local charity in L.A. that works with the homeless. Go follow that project and go snag one of those drawings. I'm going to be first in line, so you better back off. Uh, go check out her Instagram. It's super, super great. Also, go check out Stacy Michelson's Instagram, as well as Raven and Crow. We couldn't have done this episode without the help of their studio space. Stacy Michelson, S-T-A-C-Y-M-I-C-H-E-L-S-O-N. Amazing food illustrations, like really educational about things like sriracha and shaved ice and ginger creams. Uh, she draws these things and puts all these facts and figures. Uh, she does these big posters uh, with ranch dressing on them. and <laughs> It's really great. If you're a foodie, you've got to check this out. Her stories are hilarious, by the way. When she's cooking up stuff, she does funny voices, and you know I'm a fan of that. I love Stacy. She is one of my favorite people, me and Sophie just love her to death. She's so funny and uh, unique and amazing. And you're going to love her. Also, go check out Raven and Crow. Raven and Crow. That's It's also their studio. First time I ever met them was them allowing us to record in their space. They were extremely, extremely lovely people. And we are so grateful to them. Go check them out on Instagram. Raven and Crow, all spelled out just like it sounds. Uh, you know, I, I was going to save this to the end. I wanted to tell the story of how Abby got on this episode. It was <laughs> quite epic. And unlike anything I've ever experienced, it happened so fast. Um, getting her on the show, uh, this is how it went down. Just over a month ago, I tweeted, just a little over a month ago, I tweeted, do any of my friends know Abby Jacobson? She's a dream podcast guest for me. She went to MICA, the, the school, the, the college for illustration, and has, a, has had such an interesting career arc. Any leads, thank you. I have a lot of friends that went to MICA, uh, Maryland Institute College of Art. Uh, and so I thought maybe somebody knows her. So I, I just tweeted, I didn't even tag her or anything. And I knew it was a long shot, and I just completely forgot about it as soon as I tweeted it. But then, a few hours later, I was getting out of my car, and I saw there was a ton of notifications on Twitter. And I thought, that's weird. I haven't even really posted anything today. I opened the app, clicked on the mentions, started reading the replies, and I got to a reply of the post about Abby. And it said, I know her. Where do you record your podcast? And I thought... Whoa, awesome, a lead. Who then I was like, I gotta figure out who knows Abby. Who is this who is this tweeting at me? And I looked at who it was from, and it was from Abby Jacobson. <laughs> and I was instantly overcome with insane levels of joy. Yada yada yada. Next thing I know, I'm sat in front of Abby and Stacy uh Stacy's studio. And uh it was it happened so fast, it was so incredible. Super, super awesome experience. Um, yeah, so there you go. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did making it. Thanks for everything, people. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. You can find the instrumental tunes that you heard on this show on Spotify and Apple Music by searching Creative Pep Talk soundtrack <laughs> pretty obvious thanks to chris graham chris graham of chris graham mastering and the six figure home studio podcast 
Thanks to all of you for listening. And until we speak again, stay pepped up.